Welcome to Bon Jovi Discussions. Today, I have my buddy, Jimmy, uh, with us. And today, we're going to do something a little different. We are going to talk about uh, the circle in its entirety. Jimmy, let's show you see your vinyl. Here we go. See <laughs> vinyl. Uh, so, Jimmy, uh, tell us a little bit about you know, where you're from and how long you've been a fan. Um, so, I'm from England. Um, we're not too far away from Cambridge. That's probably the most sort of recognizable place near um, me. Um, I've been a fan for over 20 years now. Um, so, yeah, um, I remember my dad sort of gave me Crossroads when I was Ooh. a kid. Really enjoyed that. Um, first album was obviously Crush for me. Um, so It's My Life was, was fantastic. Um, and then, yeah, it's been getting new albums from Crush onwards, Bounce, um, Have a Nice Day. The circle, been to see them countless times, and yeah, just a massive, massive fan. Yeah. And the circle is one of my favorite albums, so That's great. yeah, I can't wait to talk about it. Yeah, well, you know, I'm gonna have you on discussions again someday, just so we can talk about our experiences being fans and stuff. But today, we are gonna get right to it and get started on the circle. So the album was released on November 10th, 2009, and it was actually an album that followed up from Lost Highway. So they went a little bit country in 2007. And so this is the follow-up album that they went right back to their rock, their rock sound. And I think this album is full of really heavy lyrics and you know really strong, powerful choruses with messages. Uh, it was produced by John Shank. And I think it went number one in many countries, especially here in the States, it went number one. Did it go number one in England? I think we went number two. Um, okay. Yeah, I think it was. Oh no, I can't remember if it was this or what about now. Um, it was the same time David Bowie put um, his last album out, so they came out the same week over here. And obviously Bowie's pretty big over here, um, so there was a real battle with it. I do think actually Circle went to number one. I think he beat him in the end. So oh, yeah, good. very successful over here, definitely. Yeah. Though. You know, I remember when they announced what the album was going to be called, right when We Weren't Born and Father was released as a single, and it was the, the Circle. And so for like those two months before interviews happened, I was like, what does the Circle mean? And John says in the interview that a Circle is never ending. And if, if you think about it, like I said, a Circle is never ending. And this whole album is about wanting to make a change moving forward, you know, changing the way history has been. Mm. You know, but it, but at the end of the day, no matter how hard you try, it's kind of you're back to where you were. And, yeah. you know, it's like trying to get out of that circle, I think, in my opinion. And then another way, too, is about John has mentioned about it, how it was also about the band's inner, inner circle, that it's hard to get in and it's also harder to get out. But. Um, yeah, it, it's a great album. I remember uh, buying the album. You know, this is the album that came out after my dad's death. And mm -hmm. it was one of those albums that, you know, I was so thankful that came out right when my dad died because it really helped me pull through. But yeah. anyway, I was in 11th grade and I remember I had to be in school by eight o'clock. And so I remember I woke up early and I lived right down the street from the, the uh, store and pre-orders. You never got your album on the day of release. If you yeah. And so I remember running to Walmart at like 530 in the morning because that's when they gave you the CD. I got my my uh, my CD. It also comes with the DVD of when we were when we were beautiful. And I remember I bought it, ran home, put it on my iPod, and then I walked to school and I just 
fell in love with it. Well, what's your story when you bought the album? Um, mine was, so I'd have been a little bit older than yourself. I had my first car and had to drive uh, with my best friends to the next town along to go pick it up. Um, but being my first car, I didn't have a reliable CD player in it. So I purchased the album, couldn't wait to get back to the car, and the CD player wouldn't work. So I had a half an hour journey back home, looking oh, at the CD next to me. Um, well, I actually went back to um, my, my mate's house because he's got a really nice musical setup there. So he's a proper audio file. So um, I wanted to listen to it in the best quality and then just sat there told him not to say a word and then we listened to the whole album together um and yeah i i it, it really hit home and i think re-listening it to it last night again a lot of the songs are actually quite relevant to now um and i i think when you sort of hit the nail on the head when you said about it being called the circle we've seen things this was 2007 2008 a lot of this was written a lot of the things that was going on in the world is still going on now. And yeah. you can actually see a lot of these songs um, could easily fit on 2020 because of the actual the themes behind them. But yeah, um, I was absolutely blown away by it. Um, and I, it just came across so fresh, so modern. And it, it, it was exciting to get a rock record. I, I really enjoyed Lost Highway. It was a real departure for the band. Yeah. But, for me, my musical tastes were more in line with the rockier side of Bon Jovi. So to get yeah. this album out and just to have tunes on there that I, I was, well, I still think a lot of these songs are up there with the best songs that they've written, 100%. Um, and it was mature. It was really mature songwriting. Um, I was quite disappointed with John's um, when he'd done his review and when he was saying that he felt some of the oh, songs yeah. as strong as, as what I thought what um sort of the fans think because he looked like he really enjoyed playing a lot of the songs on tour and he looked like he was really proud of the album um and yeah it, it was quite hard hearing that to be honest because um like yourself you've got your own personal connection to to the album what it means to you um same for me um it was another one of those albums that i was a bit lost where i was in my life and yeah it, it came along and it, it gave gave me that kick to write I've got to get on to my next level. Um, where am I going to go in my life? And yeah, it is that song. It's that album that I, I probably go back to most other than these days of Bon Jovi and stick on because it is just those, those good memories. Um, right. but yeah, that's, that's my story with the circle. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, we'll, we'll touch briefly on it. You know, you, you brought up about the tour and I got to tell you, that was probably one of the best tours that I've been on because the set, you know, I remember in 2010, John was going to say, okay, we're going to do songs that you diehards have been begging for. So we were getting yep. stuff from the debut. We were getting stuff from 7800. They were playing a lot of songs from the circle. You know, the, the set, if you look at the set list from every night of that tour, it was just phenomenal. Incredible. You know, because here in the States, you always just get like 95% hits. And us diehards are like, please pr play. Even <laughs> these days are always or something. Yeah. And we got that. On all the, you know, I think I went to like maybe eight shows on the Circle Tour. I don't remember, but every tour, every setlist was amazing. You know, like we got Get Ready and uh, all, all the stuff from the, you know, Only Lonely, yeah, and stuff like that. I let it rock, but you know, that's that's for a discussion one day. <laughs> yeah, uh, but let's, let's let's start digging into uh, the album. 
so the first song on the album is called We Weren't Born to Follow. And it was the band's first single. And it was released August 31st, 2009, I believe. And uh, fun fact, uh, when the single was released at the end of August, uh, rumor has it that uh, the song wasn't actually finished, but the band was pushing to get it, or the record company was pushing the band to release it. And that's why Richie's uh, solo is actually not on it, on that, because uh, it wasn't finished. No. And, and uh, but another thing I liked about that single too was the, the intro with Tico's drums. That you, that you hear it on the music video too. Yeah, and it, it, it kind of sucks that it wasn't uh, put on the album because I, I like that, that, you know, and then yeah. you hear that, boom, boom, you know, I love that part. Um, and then uh, the song was written by John and Richie. And that's what one before we get into these songs, this album was very heavily John and Richie. You know, I don't think there was a single song on here that was written just by John. You know, Richie was pretty much on every part of this album songwriting i think you can really tell that because i think they they complement each other so well yeah um and yeah there was a lot of personal stories in there as well and like we'll get get to those later when we discuss individual tracks um you know the 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 song is um you know all about being a leader and not a follower and then you know john has mentioned many times how it was about the economic crisis and uh you know, it was, once you see the video, I think it puts a lot of things in perspective about what that song really means. You know, when they were showing Obama, yeah. the person standing in front of the tank and Down syndrome basketball player, you know, climate leaders, political activists, all that. Um, it was all about people making a change, you know, doing their own. You know, I think the person standing in front of the tank really speaks volumes you know, because they stood up for what they believed in in front of that tank but you know what's your take on the song um i enjoy it i really do it's one of the it's a bit of a highlight to be perfectly honest um when i see them live it is it's that defiance that's what i like about it It is that i I don't know it's, it's a typical bon jovi song it was the last one um they actually recorded for the album which is it really surprised me when i uh found that out that that was the last thing that they did to put on the album. That's probably why it wasn't finished, which makes a lot of sense with what you were saying. But yeah, like my favorite lyric is um, walking beside the guilt and the innocent. How will you raise your hand when they call your name? Yeah, that is my favorite lyric there. Um, just because it's, it's so inclusive and it is, it's a call to arms. It is a, it is a, it's a continuation of sort of an it's my life kind of theme. Yeah. But whereas it's my life seems very insular, it's me standing up for me. Yeah. And what all to follow is everybody. We're in this together. Yeah. And that's how we use your voice. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, I love that lyric too. You know, mine is uh, when life is a bitter pill to swallow, you've got to hold on to what you believe. Believe yep. that the sun will shine tomorrow. Even your saints and sinners bleed. So, you know, no matter who you look up to for inspiration, they have their hardships, they have their good parts, you know, but we all have our good and bad. And, you know, we can get through the bad together and, and do better. Definitely, definitely. But, the one thing that I always think, I don't think this should have been the first track on the album. I, really? 
Yeah. I okay. Still, I still think they should have started when we were beautiful because I love, we'll get onto that in a minute, um, but I love the intro to that. And I always think that it's sort of, when you go through the album and how it's actually set up, it's kind of going through all the darkness, all of the, I know, it's, it's telling a story and thematically at the end there, you get into the, the happier tunes as such. And I feel I'd love, well, a lot of the time when I listen to it, I tend to listen to that almost last because you're going through, we want, uh, when we were beautiful, looking back at where the band had come from, work for the working man is all about struggles. You've got Superman with your ballads, bullets about sort of all your bits and pieces, like the news stories, which we'll discuss. Um, you've got um, Broken Promise Land. And then we get to like, love's the only rule where everything then goes up another level and that's where I would like I, I don't know I just feel like the circle I've always felt that is a very it's it's an album that could be played from start to finish um, yeah. there's a lot of Bon Jovi albums that I'll go to listen to a couple of tracks here and there but the circle feels like such a complete piece it's almost almost a story and I always feel that that's the big reward at the end is we weren't born to follow actually we've all gone through all of this and at the end, we all come together and this is our voice. So that, that was just my take on it. That's where yeah. I've always thought the, the album or that particular song should have been further down the track list because it does really give you, yeah. you want to be fist pumping, you want to be jumping around. But yeah, that, that, that's just my take with that song. I, that's a good point. I never really thought of it like that. Um, but yeah, and it's also one of the, band staple songs on a set list still yeah. to this day you know 11 years later they still put on their set list and it, it's you know i like raising my yeah yeah you know um, <laughs> but let's get to the next one we were uh the next track is when we were beautiful it yeah. was uh released as the third single i think it was the final single too uh and it was released on may 20th 2010 i think it's weird i know all these <laughs> but um it was written by John Ritchie and Billy Falcon. Yeah. Um, and to, it, this is obviously one of John's favorites. Uh, he, he plays it even through his solo shows, he'll play it. Uh, but, you know, my take on this song, I, I think you can look at it in a band's point of view, or, but I, I, I feel like it's like a real relationship, type, whatever kind of relationship, you know, and looking at back when your relationship was so innocent. But yeah. obviously relationships evolve and, you know, you do, you know, bad things happen and you go through hardships together. But you look back and think, well, we were in a good place at this one point. Let's get back to that. Yeah. You know, and still having faith in the other. It's like um, the, the line, some dreams live, some will die, but the you and me is still alive. Like there's yeah. still faith in your relationship. And so that was my take on it. What's yours? Um, that was the lyric I wrote down as well. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, I, I think it is, um, it's upper tier Bon Jovi for me. Uh, I remember listening to the demo um, that was on the credits for the When We Were Beautiful, um, uh, the uh, documentary that they did. And yeah, it, it was something, it, it really hit home then. And I always thought about, Bon Jovi over here sort of was very much classed as a hair, mat a hair metal band. John was the pretty boy front man. And they were always called sort of like 
a beautiful band. That was just sort of how they were described over here. Um, and a lot of the press at the time there sort of started talking about this song and were saying that it was about them thinking we're now grown men. We want to get back to where we were. Um, yeah. But I, I get that. But for me, I, I always look at it as a John and Richie song. I think it's about them and their oh, yeah. relationship. And I think it's that reaffirming of their friendship. Um, Richie had gone through some pretty dodgy things by the time sort of this song had come out. And I like to think, especially when you watch the documentary, they all pull together and they all are talking as brothers. And that, that's what I always feel that when I listen to that, it's about them sort of reaffirming their friendship, their songwriting, their their ability to actually create sort of fantastic music. And yeah, it is, um, it's, it's one of those songs there that, especially I've seen it three times, um, that always stops you in your tracks. The songs that yeah. you want to be jumping around to, the songs there that you want to be, just stop there listening. And in an arena, when you've just got the sort of the spotlight on John, I, I think it is one of those, oh, yeah. those sort of songs there that, Afterwards, you know you've seen a world-class band because you can see that there's still a lot of passion behind what they were doing. And that's what I, I felt with The Circle, that they were very proud of a lot of these songs. And like you say, John still plays this song all the time. Um, there's an absolutely amazing version that I recommend anybody to look at, which was, um, this was on the What About Now tour. Um, it was the Sydney show where they actually started with it. And as an opener, it works fantastic because it really does. I, I, I don't know. I, I get goosebumps listening to that particular song. I just think it's lyrically very, very strong. I think the production on it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, it's a different sounding song. I think that's what hit me the first time I, I listened to that particular one. Um, it sounds a little bit in the vein of U2 with sort of the faded guitars. It was, it was something that really surprised me. And um, I think a lot of people give Bon Jovi a, a lot of criticism because they all say, oh, they all sound the same. But I, I never get that because I don't find one album sounds the same as another oh, one. And I, I get if you only know the hits that you are probably looking slippery in New Jersey are probably the similar right. sounding albums. But when you actually listen to the whole catalogue, especially songs like this, you can really see that they, they are trying different things. And John Shanks as well, that gets slated quite a bit. Um, I, I think the production on it is fantastic. Um, I, I do get sort of around the time when it was released, it was kind of in fashion to compress a lot of the music down and bits and pieces like that. But that's an artist's choice. That's not the producer's choice. And I think what he does on that track is is fantastic with the drums coming in and then the guitars coming in. Yeah. It's just something there that it, it really, really worked. Yeah, and it builds up. It's, yes, exactly. Uh, it, it's great. And one last thing about this song, too, is I love the sha-la-la, sha-la-la. You know, I love that, especially because of David. You know, you hear David's voice yeah. pretty well in that. I love it. Uh, but let's get to the next track. Uh, the third track uh, is Work for the Working Man. Uh, they say it was released as a single, but really it wasn't. It was actually kind of released as promo for the Circle mm. Tour when they were doing the tour and the, the current DVD that wasn't officially ever released. But um, it was written by John Ritchie and I think by a guy named Daryl Brown, who didn't really ever wrote with them. But um, 
a fun fact about this song is uh, Obama's advisor, David Hapselward or something like that, he, Obama's advisor, actually had these lyrics hanging up on his wall yep. in his office at the White House. I don't know if you knew that. I yeah, that yeah. Cool. And this was actually the first song that leaked uh, yep. in the summer of 2009. I think it came out like leaked in July on YouTube, but it was actually a completely uh, different version than what's on the album. And unfortunately, you can't find that leak anywhere. It got deleted like two, a few years ago. Yeah. But um, I, I actually personally liked it a little better than the one that's on the album, which I like the version on the, al- the album's version, but uh, it had more of like a, an acoustic sound yep. to it. Um, but obviously this song was written about the uh, DHL uh, mail company uh, factor in the factories in Ohio. Uh, John had wrote about it. It's obviously just about uh, people being unemployed and looking for work. And uh, yeah, it's a, uh, and one other fun fact too, is if you listen to it closely, it's very similar, if not the exact, same baseline for living on prayer. Yep. You notice that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, what What are your thoughts on the on the song? I'm with you. Um, I thought the acoustic version was fantastic, or it was sort of semi-acoustic. I think it was John, Bobby, and maybe Lorenzo was there as well. Yeah, I, I was... I, that's right. Yeah. It. Yeah. It, it, I think it was at a solo show. I think John just said, "Hey, we're gonna play one of the new ones." Just to kind of get a feel of it. And yeah. Yeah. It was. Um, I can tell you because I've, I've done my research yesterday. Um, it was at the National Con- uh, Conference on Volunteering and Service. That's right. That's yes, that is right. <laughs> I forgot about where it was. Yeah. Uh, because I have been hunting all week for it because it was. It, I think a lot of songs on Lost Highway had some deep songs on there but I, I always listen to lost highway is my summer album but when you get them first summer days i love to stick it in the car windows yeah. down that's what i think lost highway is always summer to me um the circle was always and especially with its release date being november time it's it's colder nights and i i always feel with with this song that it, it, it does it works so much better in sort of that acoustic sort of um sense and that's when i first listened to it it was nice to hear deeper lyrics and it was it was talking about the world now and it was very socially conscious and it's it's a song that would fit perfectly on a new album now um i do find um (laughs) when i've I've heard it live I, i think people sometimes struggle with it because they feel john's a millionaire up there singing about that but he's trying to give us a voice i always find yeah um he's not always writing about from his perspective he's putting himself in someone else's shoes and writing about it you know um you know the the one line that really gives you the feel of the whole song is and it's my favorite lyric of the song can someone help me justify why these strong hands are on the unemployment Mm -hmm. line you know someone that's willing to work has every ability to work can't find work you know, and that was, and that's still, like you were saying earlier, you know, that blue song still justifies now. Yeah, 100%. I, I love the bridge on it. I think the bridge yeah. in the song there, the whole, um, I lost my pension, 
building up to um, these are my streets. Can you hear me? I think that is that's fantastic. That's yeah. one of my highlights from the album. Um, I, I just think that that the whole way that builds up there is brilliant. And yeah, I, I, I enjoy the song. I've, I've managed to hear it a couple of times live as well. I've always liked how uh, the band kind of walked together when they were doing the bridge. Oh, Richie and coming together. Yeah. yeah. I always really liked that, um, and yeah, it, I, 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 I don't know whether it should have been a rock song. I think because they were going for a, a rock album, that's why they done that version. I, I, I'm with you though. I, I still think that semi-acoustic it probably work a little better. Yeah, and, and I love the ending too. You know, like when John he pretty much gets on his knees. Yep, and you know finish off the song but you know it's a great song uh let's get to the next one uh the next one is superman tonight and it was actually the band's second single uh january 25th 2010 i think it was mm-hmm. um and uh, it was written by john ritchie and billy falcon again and the, the whole meaning is you know when i first heard it i thought it was more of like a romantic relationship type you know like yeah. always being there for your significant other but once you get into the lyrics and the music video, which we'll talk about, you know, it's all about helping people, you know, especially that first uh, verse. There's something about you. I want to rescue. I don't even know you. So what does that mean? You yeah. know, helping a complete stranger, you know, and it's like those heroes holding signs, whether it was firefighters, veterans, nurses, uh, I forget her name, but John worked, uh, Mary, I think her name is in Philadelphia. He works. I forget her name. She's in the video. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, so it's all about helping people. And, you know, my favorite lyric is, you know, staying alone by the side of the road. It's your baggage that's dragging you down. Don't look back. Let it go. Uh, you know, and so I thought it was a great song. And, and one thing that I really enjoyed about this one on the tour was that he did it acoustic. Yeah. You know, especially in 2011, I, I love the way they did that. Same with, well, they didn't do it on tour, but we weren't born to follow, you know, when they did it inside the actor's studio. Yep. But anyway, let's hear your take on Superman. I, I think it's one of the best songs on the album. I genuinely feel um, that this song is, is what they do best. And like you said, I think you, you hit the nail on the head when you said, First time I listened to it, I thought, oh, this is this is the ballad on the album. Yeah. And then I thought it was. When you start listening to it, you do. You 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 can see, and I think that's where it is the beauty of their songwriting that you can relate it to firemen, paramedics, just someone's had a blowout on the side of the road and you're pulling over to help them. Uh, my favorite lyrics are like uh, who's gonna save you when the stars fall from the sky? Oh, I just yeah. I just think it is so strong lyrically, a lot of this album. And yeah, it's just that imagery. And I always feel there's a little bit of a nod back to these days as well. So um, with the sort of the, the talking about the stars as well. Um, yeah, the video, I think, is is really good as well. Oh, yeah. um, and I think that's the same as you. That's where it hit the nail on the head for me. Even though I'd read the lyrics in the lyric booklet, I was still thinking, yeah, it's about somebody in love and maybe they've pulled over to save them and now they're building a relationship but when you actually read deeper into it and watch it you can see that there's a lot of depth to that song um 
again, it's another song that sounds different to the rest of the catalog out there. Um, I don't think it could fit on any other album other than this album, or maybe um, this house is not for sale. It might fit on there, but yeah. I, I, I think it's, it's, it's one of the strongest songs there. And yeah. yeah, I've managed to hear it a couple of times live, which has blown me away. And the acoustic version is stunning. Um, the 2011 version with Richie's backing vocals, uh, it, it's amazing. Even well, even now I've I've seen it a couple of times recently um, when they've done I think it was a couple of runaway shows. Um, it's still one of those songs that, like John says, it's a fan favorite. And yeah, yeah, I, I I would like to see it performed more. I think that's the thing. Yeah. I think more in an acoustic setting. Um, but yeah, fantastic song. The next song uh, is Bullet. Uh, it was yep. written by John and Richie. I think this is probably the heaviest of songs. It kind of takes me back to the Bounce album with Undivided and Hook yep. Me Up. It's kind of like a mix of those two. It's very heavy. Uh, it has a heavy message. You know, obviously the song is very heavy politically about crime and politics and war. You know, the one line, which is my favorite line, it kind of hits you, is how does money lead to greed? when there's still hungry mouths to feed. You know, that that's what we're in war about, is, is money and terrorism. And it's like, you know, we're, we won't get into politics, but it's true. Yeah, you know, Everyone is so focused about capitalism and money, and there's still hungry people out there. And, you know, we, you and I both know how big of an activist John is. Yep. You know, and with, you know, the homeless and the hungry. But uh, I, they, 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 they didn't do it too often two on the tour they did a couple of times but that was it you know what, what what's your take on it i i really like it i was lucky i got it um when i went to the o2 um it was the final show of the residency and they played it and i was jumping around to that one um yeah i i, I think it's a really good song um the intro on it, it it hits you in the face it's one of those songs that um, especially listening to it um, now on, on vinyl, you really feel oh, how yeah. the song. My favorite lyric is similar to yours. How can someone take a life in the name of God and say it's right? Yeah. And I, I, I do think it's, it, again, it's powerful, strong lyrics and is socially conscious. It is. It's another song that a lot of people can fit that and relate to that to their life today. Yeah. Um, there's bits and pieces on there that, I, I I just I I always feel that that was Richie's song to show what a great guitarist he was. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it, it is a Richie right. Go and do what you need to do. Show us how good you are. Um, I, I think the solo on it is fantastic. Yeah, um, And I, I do wish they could have played it more because I think it's it, it's a song that um, it probably does get. Uh, buried by some of the fan favorites down there but no I, I think it's very very strong lyrically if you actually take the time to read the lyrics to that actual song it, it's it's powerful stuff um yeah really solid song one of my favorites uh the next one is uh thorn in my side and this one is actually my favorite on the album uh thorn in my side it was written by john and richie mm -hmm. um and the, for my, for me, I think the whole meaning behind this song is that a tragic event or something that really affected you negatively made you a better person. It, it, it reminds you of where you've come. 
and knowing that nothing could take you down because you survived. If, yep. It's like a survivor song in my opinion, you know, like my favorite lyric, you can test my faith, but you can't take my pride. Throwing it yep. inside, you know, and this was a great one live too, because the band had like a great jam session at the end. And yep. John had that orange guitar. Now he only plays that guitar for sleep when I'm dead. But that song was so good. You know, yep. like seeing John open with that, uh, you know, and then the whole jam session at the end, you know, what would you think of it? The, the yeah, song? really good song. Um, I always feel I would said put that in jam on the album. Yep. <laughs> I really do. Oh, I, I, that's a good point. I wish they did too. Man, I love it. And that's that's the that's the one thing that I would say. There's a couple of songs on here that the live versions absolutely blow the studio versions out of the water, and it's because the band get together, they've recorded them, and then when they're out on tour, they want to do new things. And yeah, I, I've I've tried to edit before um, a version to get it together, but I, I I'm, not, I'm no good at that, so it, it didn't really work that well. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a, again. It's a really nice rock song. I think um, my favourite lyrics on there um, was, where are we? Um, Once in a while, when I crack a smile, you rub my face in it. Oh, I love the way he sounds like, yeah. he sounds playing that. Yeah, I love that yeah. lyric. And it is, it is that real, it almost smells the lyrics out. And yeah, that, that's the thing that I get is something, whether it's an event or whether it's a person um, that has been a thorn in your side yeah. and it is again going back to that almost defiance of right i'm letting that go it's not going to beat me and yeah, yeah I, I really like that song as well next one is uh live before you die uh, i was written by john and richie uh I, for me i think the whole song is it, it's a great storytelling song and i think it's about you know getting the whole routine we call life doing the same thing every day but we forget to live life and enjoy it you know appreciate it you know the first verse is about playing ball with your dad or being with your significant other you know later on in the song you know learning to not let life pass you by you know there's a there's my favorite lyric is there'll come a day when you have to say hello to goodbye Yep. Which, which means that relationships won't last forever. You're, you're going to have a loss and you're going to look back and want to appreciate what you had with that person. You know, I, I think it's one of those songs on this album that was less political, you know, with what was going on in the world. I think it was just more of a storytelling song to appreciate uh, life. And one of my favorite parts about this song too is the beginning is David playing the piano in the beginning of that. And, Unfortunately, the song was never played live. Yeah, that's disappointing for me because, like you say, I, I feel it was a a band song. That's where sometimes you feel this is a John song, this is a Richie song. Almost like New Year's Day on This House Is Not For Sale. I feel this is a song which the band have crafted together. Um, oh, yeah. I read an interview somewhere where they said that the subject matter, a lot of it's to do with Richie and Richie's dad because he lost his dad just before yeah. the album came out. So I always took the first part to be sort of almost autobiographical of 
Ritchie remembering what he did with his dad. And I think it's a great message. And um, my, my fiance, Danielle, always says the same thing, even now that we spend time with our phones, that we've got a little um, sure. 11 and we sort of, she's playing and we just go on Facebook or go on Twitter. Um, and we're like, no, we've got to put our phones down because these, these moments are only now. We're only going to live once. And that's where I always think back to this song because it is, right, actually live in the moment, actually make the most of every moment. Um, yep. we, we all lose people. And I think that's where, again, you hit the nail on the head for me as well, that I do feel that it's, it's a song there to remind you that every day is kind of precious. It could be the last time you see a person. Make the most of every time you see that person. Um, and I, I do think it's disappointing. I always thought when I heard the song that it was going to be John's storytelling song. That it would be in the set there where he would go in a bit more in depth about it, talk about the song and then perform it. Um, and I do hope that we do get to hear it one day, even if it is oh, just a version. Um, well, uh, go ahead. No, no, no. I, I think okay. that's everything. Yeah. I, I yeah. enjoy it. Uh, next one is Broken Promised Land. Uh, it was written by John Ritchie, and I think Desmond Chad also wrote on this one too, I believe. Um, I love the build up in the beginning, you know, where it kind of fades into, you know, da da, then it starts, the drums start to pick up. For me, I, I love Broken Promised Land. Um, my interpretation of it, and it, it, this one's kind of the harder one to find what mm. it exactly mean. But to me, I, I feel like it was like trying to find hope. Uh, you can't look at others for change. You can't just pray and and hope for it. You have to be the change, moving from your mistakes. And this song was surprisingly never played live. I thought it would be taken pretty well if it was played live. But it was actually played during a few sound checks, which is strange, but never played during a show. Um, I I I I really enjoy it. I I think it is it's as close for me that John gets to sort of a Springsteen style song. That's what I I feel. It's almost I always took it as sort of a sequel to sort of Dry County. That sort of song there. And I I I think that's one of the highlights on the album for me. I always wish though that they had a bigger solo in it. I've always felt that that song needed I agree, a, just, yeah. a, just to let loose it just feels like it's building up it's building up we get a nice little solo and then john comes back and we're back to the chorus i always felt that if they performed it live if we did get it that they could have done something special with it yeah there was a fan out there i don't know who, um his name so i can't give him any credit he did his own version which had a harmonica in there and built the song up so it was almost like a six minute version so it started off with the harmonica then it came in as sort of the studio album built up had a um decent solo in it and then ended how the, the studio version ended and i thought that was really really cool um and i always feel that, that that that's the one song on the album that i wish that they could have spent an extra week with because i think lyrically the album's fantastic i love the whole angels have fallen from the sky imagine that imagine that yeah I, I think it's so well produced as well but it is just I, I think it's just missing that little something there to make it 
a, a classic. And I think it's yeah. one of those that's on the border of, it, it's a great song, but could have been a oh, one we were beautiful. It could right. have been something that you everybody goes back to because a lot of people always say that it's one of their favorite songs on the album. Um, but I'm with you on the, the, the sort of theme there. I agree 100% with what you were saying about what the songs means. It is a bit harder to get into because of the imagery. Um, but yeah, it is it's another uh, another great song. And I think that's where it shows that it's John and Richie working well together. And I think you're right. I think it was Desmond Child that was getting involved with it. Who yeah. it, it just elevates it to another level. Um, right. But yeah, um, this song. Uh, so, you know, we're kind of hitting time here. So let's go to the next one. Uh, Love's the Only Rule. Uh, it was written by uh, John Ritchie. I think Billy Falcon also wrote on that one, didn't he? Love's oh, the Only Rule. This was actually my second uh, favorite track on the album. And I, I loved it live when he would yep. walk through the pit, you know, whoa, you know, with the fans. Um, and this, the way it built up towards the end live was amazing. You know, John was yep. like, fire going on that, on that pit stage you know i'm gonna fly like an aeroplane just a bunch of energy you know to me i i think this whole song was is all about being kind to others and not yep. that this world doesn't have to be so cruel love's the only rule you know being kind to each other you know working together to make a change and uh yeah you know you know, my favorite line of it too is, "I don't give a damn how it's supposed to be. That might work for you. It don't work for me." It kind of ties back into we weren't born to follow. Yep. Being your own leader and not following, you know, knowing that this could also help to make a change. Yeah. You know, what's uh, what's your take? Um, my favorite song on the album. I think it is amazing. It is. Um, it's the one my fiance always says to me. We've heard this song like four times this week. Do we have to listen to it again? And uh, I feel I, I love it. I love the lyrics. I love the lyrics. Uh, my favorite um, is "Dance in the Pouring Rain." I'm alive like a lonely note from John Coltrane. Um, yeah. I, I I think it is is Bon Jovi doing what they do best, and I I, I think it's such a strong song live. Um, for my money, it should be on every set. Oh, uh, I absolutely agree. Yeah, I think it is when you look at sort of um, their sort of what, what you'd say is the, their later career, it is up there with the best songs that they've done. And it sounds different again. There's no song in the catalog at that point that sounds like that song with, with the synths coming in. Yeah, um. Yeah, I'm I'm a massive, massive fan of that song. Yeah, um, I wish, like you said, I wish it would return live again. Like, like I said, you know, right when he, you know, like live when he went through the pit and then goes back in that final card, yep. you know, just his energy was out of this world. Yep. Um, but next one is uh, Fast Cars. It was written by John Ritchie and Desmond Child. This, I, I love this song, especially lyrically. I know it's not even a fan favorite. And I think it's kind of like a forgotten track, even by yeah. the fans, um, Fast Cars. Um, but I love the way it builds up. You know, like, he doesn't really get into the first chorus, but he, you know, it's not as heavy. But that second chorus, we're going to blow right through the radar, and then it, the song just hits. I love it. You know, to me, I think the whole song, the meaning behind the song is the routine everyday life. We're going so fast and trying to accomplish things. And I think there's a huge metaphor for cars, which means human. You know, like that line, chasing t 
taillight, let them fade into the distance. You know, we're working so hard but never reaching our goal. You know, because those those goals are so far into the distance. And uh, I, I think also enjoying the finer things in life, like the line, there's no turning back on this highway of life. Learn to appreciate what you have kind of goes back into live before you die. Uh, and then this also has that shalala return yep. when we were beautiful, which is kind of cool to see that again. Um, and then my favorite line too is, and this is one of my favorite lines of the album, so many hearts just wind up in a junkyard where memories are nothing but spare parts. Uh, but that's my take on the song. What's yours? Um, I enjoy it. Um, my favorite lyrics, um, it's a dark road we've been heading down. Trust me tonight, I snow where, uh, I swear I know where we are. Um, I always feel it's a great driving track. I know it's yep. cars. Um, and going back sort of with, I don't know if you've heard the Springsteen track, Racing um, in the Night. Um, it, it, again, that's about driving. And I, I, I think that's John doing that sort of song there about being out, driving, and doing a great metaphor, like you say, on um, life. And I, I think it, for me, I enjoy it. I do think um, my gut feeling would be because a lot of the greatest hits tracks, um, especially This Is Love, This Is Life, was supposed to be on the circle and they then took it off. Yeah. I always felt that that probably would have fitted here. Um, I love the production side of things, but for me, the, the song is it, it is 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 a good song. It is just a good song. I think that's that's the thing for me. It's not one that um, I always put on, but when I listen to it, I get, I get a buzz from it. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, next one is "Happy Now," uh, written by John Ritchie. I think Desmond Child also wrote on this one too. Um, I love the build-up. I think it was mm -hmm. a, a great show opener. They played it in Philly. It was one of the shows, and they opened with it. Yeah. That, that build-up, and then all of a sudden the curtain rises, and there's John and the band. And uh, uh, for me, the whole meaning is about you know one of those other songs about making a change and tired of the same problems and learning from your mistakes. It's like that one line: "I learned how to bleed." It's pretty much learning that you've you've taken a punch. Yeah. You're going to change, essentially. Uh, favorite lyric is, um, you're, well, how's it go? You're born, then you die, then it's gone in a minute. I ain't looking back because I don't want to miss it. You better live now because no one's going to get out of alive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love that song. What's, what's, your, what's your input on it? Second favorite song on the album. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, I love the whole build-up with the take a look into these tired eyes. They're coming back to life. Oh, yeah. um, great line. I feel it's, it, again, really strong songwriting. Um, live, like you said, it was incredible, the build-up there, and then the band appearing when the curtain came up. Um, I love the bridge, which you said on there. I do wish, again, the solo was a little longer. That's the only thing I can say. I, agree. I, I, I could see a longer solo on that. Yeah, that's the only thing that I feel with that song that I just want, not a massive solo, just a, it feels like it's been building up, building up, and it, we get a good solo, and then it's straight back into the chorus. Um, but no, I, I think it's a really strong song. I, I think it is that whole, um, when I said at the beginning um, about 
I feel like the circle, you're almost going on a journey with all of these characters. It's almost um, sort of a study of what was going on in the world at that point. It's almost that, right, now I'm going to get out of bed. I'm going to get back on. Right, can I be happy now? Right, I've gone through all of this rubbish. Um, it could almost be the person from work for the working man that's gone through all of this rubbish where he's lost his job, he's losing his car. Can he finally be happy now? Can he get off of his knees? Um, and having that fire in him. And that's where I always said that, then I think from that song, going into that song there where he's pulling himself back up or she's pulling herself back up in We Weren't Born to Follow. That, that That's where I always have it. Um, I think it's a great song and I would love love for it to come back into the sets again. Oh, me but, too. Yeah. Uh, final song is Learn to Love, which is written by John Ritchie and Desmond Child. It always reminds me of a Soul Kitchen song because they use that song for Soul Kitchen promo. They use it yep. for a commercial. So every time I hear it, I always think of the Soul Kitchen, which is actually perfect because, you know, the whole song is about kind of like love's the only rule, you know, showing the world kindness and love. And despite all the terrible things that are dragging us down, it's just being able to show love to one another. You know, my my favorite line is you leave it all the table. You leave it all on the table. Even if you lose or win, you got to love the world you're living in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, pretty much giving it all that you got. You know, and they added a special touch to the song too. Instead of the sha la la, he adds the hale hale. Yeah. You know? Um. Unfortunately, they never did this one live. You know, yeah. I it being a solo live song, but never did. What's your What's your take before we wrap up? Um, I love the opening. I think it's a fantastic build up again. Um, with the pianos, I think the pianos on it is beautiful the drumming on it is great um yeah it's it's one of those songs there that i think has got a, a lot more deeper meaning there i love that i've lost love lived with shame i was humbled by my fall from grace and again it seems like it's that person then pulling themselves back up there's another lyric on there about um in my hand i've held a gun so it's actually quite dark lyrically because i always took that as as that character got to a point where they think the only way out is with a gun um or is it actually i'm going to go rob somebody because that's the only way i'm going to put food on the table i think that's the beauty of bon jovi songs for me that it means one thing for one person and there's one thing for another um i think it's a really strong song um i was gutted they didn't play it live absolutely yeah. gutted because i think that could have been almost when we had hallelujahs a slower song like that or even where Amen is in the current set list. I think that's the sort of song that could do so well there. Um, but yeah, really enjoy that yeah. one. Well, it's you know, it's definitely a great album. Um, you know, unfortunately, no outtake or released out, no outtakes were ever really leaked. You mm. know, this is our house was actually supposed to be on this album, uh, but obviously you could see why it wasn't put on on it. But it was later released digitally and supported the 11, 2011 tour. And then, you know, some songs like This Is Love, This Is Life, and uh, More Things Change was actually also written, but put on the greatest, the 2010 greatest hits. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I, like you, you and I both said, you know, I, I think you and I, we could sit here for a few hours and yeah, more in depth about this album. <laughs> Unfortunately, we can't because of time. But, uh, you know, it was, it was great having you on. And you know, I really enjoyed uh, talking about this album with you. It's and been great. And I want to have you on discussions again sometime and just be able to talk about our favorite band. Sounds great to me.
So I hope you're you're safe over there in England, and uh, we'll talk again soon, buddy. You too. Take care, my man. Bye, brother.